No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of the Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We've all said things that we shouldn't and later regretted it. Today we see where Miriam and Aaron spoke against their brother Moses and got called out by the Lord. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 12 on Simply the Bible. We've all had that bitter experience of saying something and then later on regretting what it was that we said. Today we're going to look at a story where this happened. The setting is that Miriam and Aaron began to speak against their brother Moses and then got in trouble for it. I remember being a kid and going to a summer camp where the teacher got up and had a tube of toothpaste and he squeezed it out and he said, now it's easy to get this toothpaste out. It's a lot harder to get it back into the tube. That's the way it is with the things you say. Once they're out there, you can't take them back. We pick it up today in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. So they spoke against Moses and made an issue of the fact that he had married an Ethiopian, a dark-skinned woman. Why this happened, we don't really know. We know that his father-in-law had brought Zipporah, his wife, to him while they were at Mount Sinai. And then his father-in-law had gone back to Midian. Did he bring her back or did she die? We don't know. But it would seem that Moses remarried. And Miriam used this as the occasion to speak against Moses. But what was really going on is that Miriam didn't feel like Moses should have all of the attention. Now keep in mind, remember Miriam was 12 years old when her mother put Moses in the Ark of Bulrushes and put him on the Nile River and she was watching as Pharaoh's daughter found him. Now Moses is in his 80s and of course she's in her 90s, probably thinking like, well, who do you think you are, Moses? You're just my little brother. Jealousy really is an awful thing. We're told in James chapter 3, verse 16, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. And it's important to understand that that's really what was going on in the heart of Miriam. Of course, Jesus tells us that it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so she just used this situation with Moses' wife as the occasion to really attack Moses because of her jealousy. But you got to love verse 3, for it says that Moses was very humble. Many translations say here that he was the meekest man on the earth. What that means is that Moses, rather than trying to make his own defense here, rather than insisting on his own rights, allowed the Lord to be his defense. And I have found that there is great wisdom in that. If you decide that you want to be your own defense when people say things against you, God will let you do it. But I have found that the Lord provides a much greater defense than I can provide for myself. Verse 4. 
Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. <laughs> this is, you see, the thing is that the Lord hears everything that we say. Jesus said that we're going to give an account for every idle word that we say. I don't know of anything more convicting than that, knowing that I will give an account for my words. In fact, when Isaiah had his vision in Isaiah chapter 6, where he saw the Lord lifted up and he saw the train of his robe filling the temple, he was actually taken up into heaven. And immediately Isaiah said, Woe to me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. How we need the Lord to help us guard the things that we say. So here, God had heard everything that was going on and called the three of them to the tent of meeting. In this case, the tent of meeting was more like the woodshed. And they were all about to have a come to Jesus meeting. Really, it was like a summons to court. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. The Lord had a very unique relationship with Moses. Moses was a prophet, but not like most prophets where the Lord would speak to them in a vision or dream. We are told that the Lord spoke with Moses face to face as a man would speak with his friend. And this is the Lord's argument. If I have spoken to Moses like this and have given him this place with me, then who are you to speak against him? You should have been afraid to speak against my servant Moses. The idea here is acknowledging the anointing upon an individual that God has chosen. We see that David really had a strong fear of the anointing that was upon King Saul. Even after the Lord had departed from King Saul, David wouldn't speak against him. He wouldn't lay his hand on him because he would not lift his hand against the Lord's anointed. I recall a time in my own life when this was really put to the test. I was in a situation where many people were speaking against our pastor, and I had a fear. And I thought, wait a minute, I know this man. I've seen the Lord use him for years. I've seen the fruit of the Spirit in his life, and it caused me to fear saying anything against him. And I watched the fruit of those people that had joined in that attack, and over the years, they didn't do so well. But I was always very thankful that I didn't participate in that and let the Lord deal with his people. As a pastor now, I realize that the Lord is fully capable of getting me back in line whenever I stray away, and God will discipline his own children. The Apostle Paul tells us, who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master he will stand or fall, and he will stand, for the Lord will make him stand. Verse 10, And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. 
Now, the fact that Miriam is the one who receives this judgment from God, the leprosy, shows that Miriam was probably the ringleader. She's the one that's mentioned first, and the verb that is used here is in the feminine, indicating that it applied to Miriam. She was the one who started it. But Aaron was weak and pliable, just as he had been with the people when they wanted him to make a golden calf. And so he went along with it. Verse 11. So Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterward she may be received again. Now to Aaron's credit, he quickly admitted his sin and even sought to intercede for his sister. And Moses also did not bear any grudge here, but when he saw that his sister was leprous, he cried out to the Lord on her behalf, Heal her, O God, I pray. Now keep in mind, leprosy is incurable. So once they saw that she was leprous, they had no guarantee that she would ever be healed. And so for her to remain in that state always would have meant that she would have been completely isolated from the community from, from then on. And so Moses and Aaron were very much motivated to pray and to intercede here on behalf of their sister, lest she remain a leper for the rest of her life. Moses is the great intercessor. He was always interceding for these people, including his own family. Let me just say that that's probably one of the greatest ministries any of us can do, is the ministry of intercession. That is to stand in the gap between God and the people. And when God is ready to judge the people for their sins, to intercede for them, as I look at my own life, I know that this is something the Lord has really been speaking to me about, just the importance of intercession. For me to personally intercede for the people in our church, for my family members, for our community. And I believe that if we want to see God do a miraculous work, if we want to see a fresh work of His grace in our days, it's going to be in response to the intercession of many of His people. May God help us to follow Moses' lead in intercession. Moses was masterful at this and a great example for us all. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days. And the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people moved from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. That would have been a tough seven days for Miriam, having leprosy, being shut out of the camp, being humiliated for what she had said. And the whole congregation could not move on until the seven days had passed. In this story, I see an illustration of what Jesus said about a prophet not being welcome in his own country. Here, Moses was mightily used of God, had a unique relationship with God like nobody else. And yet to Miriam and Aaron, this was still their brother Moses. It seems that whenever the Lord begins to use a person, there are going to be those people around him or her that are jealous jealous of the position, jealous of the gifts, 
jealous of the opportunities and the, the possessions or whatever it is that the Lord blesses you with. That's not always easy to deal with. You feel it in the icy cold stairs. You hear it by the things that people say behind your back. But I love the fact that Moses just completely trusted his situation to the Lord. He knew that the Lord was in control. He knew that the Lord would be his defense. Often I think of the passage from Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Remember that the next time you're in the hot seat and people are speaking against you. God will be a great defense to those who put their trust in him. May God help us all to follow Moses' wise example in being meek and letting the Lord be our defense. He will take care of it. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of the Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes of Simply the Bible, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow, we will see that when the children of Israel reached the Promised Land, Moses sent 12 men to spy out the land and bring back some of its fruit. Their reconnaissance mission would last 40 days. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of the Book of Numbers on Simply the Bible.